All right, guys, welcome to this edition of At Large Bid. It is a really unique uh, week of sports right now, obviously. Um, you know, it's a very unique world of social media uh, between people upset about the sport not letting people in the Hall of Fame, stock market rising, and uh, college basketball still going strong. We're getting, um, you know, coaches blasting student reporters for asking what their major is and whatever. It's just a weird time. Yeah, and blowouts on blowouts. Right now, I'm looking at my screen. It's uh, Houston's up 31 to eight over Tulane, and there's six minutes left in the first half. So, yeah. And then Baylor put the ass whooping of a lifetime on uh, on Kansas State the other night. So, yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So, uh, and then Michigan's now shut down for two weeks after we did that pod last week. So, great. Our our luck. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so let's go ahead and let's kind of talk about some stuff because obviously, you know, we know that COVID is kind of running not just the regular world, but the sports world right now. And a big thing that's going on is, as we know, the NCAA tournament is going to be in one location. Like our last episode that we that you were on with Tim Kruger, we, he mentioned the possibility before it was announced of the NCAA pushing it back during one normal day, getting teams into Indianapolis immediately so they can get their couple days of testing in, start the tournament on Friday and then have the first two rounds end on Monday of that week before the Sweet 16 starts that next, next group. You and I now know that's the thing. Um, but really this question we have to really think about now is, you know, is college, should there be conference tournaments this year? Um, it's still a situation where guys, you know, let's look at the Big East, for example. All those, you know, Butlers and Xaviers and um, Creightons, you know, they're going to be all going to – in DePaul's, they're all going to be traveling to New York and then they're going to be going to Indianapolis with like maybe a pit stop at their, in their home city. So that's kind of a little risky, especially going there. Um, is this something you feel like when you look at this, do you feel conference tournaments should be a thing this year? We've already had plenty of like, coaches we've heard in the past, John Calipari say the conference tournaments don't really matter in the first place. Um, but where, where are you at right now with all of this? I mean, right. It's the, the stipulation is the reason they pushed the opening round or the first four um, to Thursday or to, yeah, to Thursday, correct me, is so that teams can come in on Sunday, uh, especially the teams that are playing in the first four um, to get there and, you know, quarantine and test and they had to have seven straight days of negative test, including the day of the game. So um, I'm with you though. I think it's tough because I, like, I low key love, same. The conference tournament week. I think, I mean, I, the NCAA tournament's the best, but conference tournament week is, is awesome. There's nothing better than, you know, finding the team that's hot and, you know, watch the opening round, second round, they start getting hot and you're like, all right, maybe you start back in this team and it's fun watching them play every night. You know, um, it, it'd be hard for me to go to a like automatic conference winner because I feel bad for some of the higher or, you know, the mid-major conferences that like a Loyola and Drake, I think both those schools are probably going to get in regardless mm-hmm. of who wins the conference and who doesn't. But like a team like um, Missouri State, who's really good, that they're kind of they can win the conference. But like if you go automatic conference winner, you know Drake or Loyola, and that makes the upcoming double game between Loyola and Drake a crucial matchup, which would be great for the viewers now in January and February. But imagine if Drake wins, goes sixteen and zero in conference, and Loyola goes 15 and one and Loyola loses by two and Loyola doesn't make the tournament. Like, see, that's kind of where you need the conference tournament. Sure. A team like Kentucky or a team like Duke Carolina are going to need maybe a conference tournament to get one more or two more wins against their conference to maybe get in. Yeah. But I, I'd almost rather them take a week off the regular season, 
have the conference tournament, have a week off, but then you're messing up with teams that are hot or taking a week off. So it's kind of a whole, I do think there will be conference tournaments. I think some, some conferences will, um, excuse me, maybe opt out towards the regular season winner. But I think overall, there's too much money to be made, the TV rights and whatnot. And sadly, that's what it comes down to. And especially because the conferences are the ones that make the decisions rather than the NCAA. And the NCAA has already said that, hey, this tournament's rolling and they're not changing the dates and they're not doing anything about it if a key player gets it or if a star gets it because they don't want to interfere with CBS and the Masters and a bunch of other stuff coming up. So, Yes, and you made two points that I completely agree with. And it just made me think a lot about the last full tournament we had being the 2019 tournament. If you remember in the SEC tournament, Auburn got hot in the middle of the tournament. Um, Bryce Brown gets conference tournament, got conference tournament MVP. Mm-hmm. They go to the final four. They lose to the NBC champion, Virginia Cavaliers by one. They're like one on basket a, away from playing in this on a foul call and Kyle guy in the corner that, yes, I don't know if that's foul still, but yeah. And then that same point you mentioned about those smaller conferences is that year, the OVC got two teams in. Because Murray, that was the John Morant year where like everyone all of a sudden knew who he was when you, Ryan, and I were like, no, guys, you're going to like this kid. He's good as a freshman. Yeah. And then he's the number two pick in the draft his sophomore year. And Belmont, who had NBA players like Dylan Windler, and obviously, you know, someone we know pretty well, and Adam Kunkel was on that team as well. So that was the time we saw the OVC get two teams in, which was pretty hard, pretty hard for a small conference. So, right. you know, is this going to take that away if, you know, in that circumstance, like you said, like a Duke of Carolina, they probably need a win or two to kind of solidify themselves in the tournament. Um, but, you know, for these automatic one bid conferences, like, you know, to use the horizon, for example, just because I'm around that conference a lot, like Cleveland state right now is winning the conference and they probably are the best team in the conference right now. Um, but, you know, like, do we even like have to care about like the rest of that conference playing because a whole bunch of everyone else has struggled. Right. And even to that point, think about last year, you know, NKU wasn't the one seed. They were the three seed, right? I mean, I know mm-hmm. it's kind of forever ago, but by that logic, NKU's not in the tournament next year. And like, that would right. suck for us. And I do ultimately think there will be conference tournaments because I, I see, I wouldn't be against if I'm Gonzaga, if I'm Alabama, if I'm you know a team that's in like, listen, I'm opting out. I'm good. If we're, if we're, you know, I'm going to think long-term rather than short-term. If we're solidified our seed, if I know that, hey, even if we win this conference tournament, we're going to be on the three or four line or five or six line, it doesn't really matter, then I maybe opt out if I have a sure spot in the tournament. Um, that way you're not put yourself at risk. Because the biggest thing is, in, you know, Xavier's a team that's struggling with it right now. A referee could get it. And yeah. if he works that game, then Butler and Xavier have no COVID, pro- like no test. But now Butler has to – test all all day they had to push me back to saturday yeah right and that's something that you don't want because ultimately you know i think listen ncaa this is going to sound pretty bad but like college basketball is the only sport that never came back last year everything came back baseball started late nfl didn't skip a beat college football college football went on with cancellations and stuff like that but the playoff worked granted four teams two games or three games but i really think ncaa is going to be like look like we're not missing out on two years in the tournament, especially because, you know, we're getting further along into this thing. But I really think that overall, I think conference tournaments will be played. I think teams will opt out if they have a good spot. And then after that, but then I don't know, it, it's such a mess. I don't think there's going to be one clear cut answer. You could see some, some conferences doing it. Some conferences don't, but yeah. End of the day, I think well, it'll be up to the conferences themselves. So. Yeah, I think that's what's going to come down to, too. Like, um, knowing what I have learned in my few years with Val Ackerman, yes, the Big East will have a conference tournament. 
They yeah. will be in the garden. She will ACC. not let that go. Yes, ACC. Was that in Greensboro this year? Um, yeah, it was in Barclays, and then they moved it to Greensboro this year. So. Yeah. So, like, th- those conferences there, for sure, that's what's going to happen. I mean, happen. it'll be kind of draining on the players. Um, just We'll spend a little bit more on this before we move on. But, the you know, you fly in. God, so conference tournament usually starts, what, Wednesday is usually the first day for most schools. So yeah, the they're big, gonna fly is in. the Big Ten still doing their week ahead of everyone else thing? Well, they'd, they'd be the, cheap then. For the sake of their players, hopefully. Yeah, right, because that's going to be a gauntlet. But they will uh, – if the Wednesday t- start – Flying in probably Sunday, Saturday, Sunday after the – because there's usually a week off. Um, they'll, they'll finish the season on Saturday, boom, move on to the conference tournament, quarantine. You're looking at a straight, like, the last week of the season, you're at your dorm. And then after that, like, depending on how far you make it in the tournament, you're going to wherever your respected conference tournament is in the United States, right to Indy, and you're going from there. So, um, it'll be interesting – I hope we get it. I love the conference tournament. There's nothing better than daytime college basketball when you're at work and yeah, punching numbers. And I'm like, yeah, I'll be gladly watching Texas Tech and yeah, whoever they're playing that day at two o'clock. Like, makes yeah. the day go by a lot quicker. So I hope we get it. Um, but we'll have to see. Hopefully, there's a clear cut answer in the next couple of weeks as we get closer to the tournament. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. So I'm, I'm hoping that we do get them. Uh, I do love them, but also for the sake of safety, I do have my worries. But... I, listen, yeah, don't don't let the, don't let the conference room jeopardize what we're all here for. And then yes. the new schedule is, which we, yeah, Tim Kruger brought it up on the last pod. They officially announced that, you know, the tournament's going to start on Friday now. So Thursday is your first four games. Um, Friday and Saturday is the first round. Saturday, Sunday is the second round. Sweet 16 is the following weekend now. They're doing individual games and individual time slots, Saturday and Sunday, the Elite Eight Monday, the Elite Eight Tuesday, and then the Final Four the following weekend. So it should be a good switch. I'm I'm actually down for the late – obviously, you know, Friday, Saturday when there's nonstop games wall-to-wall, that's nice to switch back and forth. But I do really like watching the Sweet 16 games, and I'm glad it's more on an individual basis. Obviously for the – purpose of it's going to be at two arenas and they're gonna be able to sanitize and wipe down everything but um i think that's what makes those games great is that like now we get to watch them on an individual basis um sure there's gonna be some blowouts there always are when a team sneaks in or something but you know um there's nothing worse than when there's two or three good games going on and you feel like you got to have multiple devices streaming and stuff so um but overall i think uh, you know i'm excited for the, the switch up of it hopefully you know going forward in the next couple of years we get back to some normalcy with the regular schedule um but like i said there's a turn there's, there's a tournament schedule this year looks like it's all full steam ahead so i'm pretty happy so yeah me too um so i will definitely with you on that uh let's kind of go to some of the stuff that's going on uh right now specifically on the court um this weekend is the sec big 12 challenge normally this is a lot of fun to have but um this year if you look at the matchups, uh, maybe Alabama, Oklahoma is the most exciting one, but we've got Texas A&M at Kansas State, Texas Tech at LSU, Florida at West Virginia, TCU at Missouri, Auburn at Baylor, Arkansas at Oklahoma State, Kansas at Tennessee. Okay, that's a good game. Um, yep. Iowa State at Mississippi State and Texas at Kentucky. Um, so last year, both like the conferences were both five and five. They split it down the middle. Um yep. When you look at these matches, first off, what's the one you're most excited about? And what's the one you think might be a little bit more close than uh, people might expect? So, yeah, I mean, obviously there's some stinkers on here. There always are, even when Big Ten ACC, SEC Big 12, Big East SEC, like your bottom tiers are going to play. Like I have absolutely no interest in the Texas A&M Kansas State game. I mean, I mean, literal no interest in that game. Um, But some of the games actually Auburn or Alabama, Oklahoma, 
will be it's fun. really enticing. Nate Oates in that East, it's a drive. It's the, it's the dribble drive offense. Um, what Calipari really thrived at early on in his years at Kentucky when he had shooters on the wing and he would let a guard like Fox or John Wall or Brandon Knight or, I mean, pick your poison with them. They have millions of them. But um, they really – they execute their offense well. And Alabama's a team that, you know, longevity of the season and – how they're going to do in the tournament they're going to live and die by the three but when they got it rolling herb jones uh, john john petty jd shackleford javon quinterly like i mean they they let it fly and they, it's mm-hmm. early and often early in the shot clock and often and they run and gun they're really fun to watch oklahoma's a team that um xavier whooped up on at the centos center but and since then they've been really good oklahoma, and that's great for xavier and oklahoma yeah. just beat texas the other night um a good game without shaka there uh, it's actually a really good game in the 80s so this is a game that i'm kind of having circled to watch that's at tips at noon so that'll be a nice start to saturday to kind of sit back and watch two good offenses going at it um texas tech lsu could be good lsu is the modern day aau team like will wade just like i'm gonna pay you to come to my school and you're gonna play however you want <laughs> and they should be so much better than they are. That Kentucky game, LSU game, was putrid to watch. I mean, yes. Kentucky was, looked really well, but Trenton Wofford, uh, Javon, Javante Smart, Darius Days, um, Shaquille like guys have been there for like 40, 40 years. years. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, they're really fun to watch, but they're another team. Alabama, I think Alabama broke them. Because the, do you remember two weeks ago when it was Alabama at LSU and Alabama hit like legit like 17 threes? Yeah. So, um, Mac McClung's been super fun to watch this year. Um, he's that's a game that you know I could see being high scoring and up and down, which is kind of what I like. Um, I think that could be a good key a game to watch for the average fan. Florida, West Virginia, like West Virginia does, they're they're getting hot again. They don't always win pretty, but uh, you know that they're a fun team to watch. Um, Florida's kind of without Keontae Johnson, obviously makes it a lot harder to watch him without him. Right, but I like Trey Mann. I like Scotty uh, Scotty Lewis. So I think they're a team that's kind of improving. They kind of got the raw end of the deal there. But I mean, what are you going to do? You're not you lose your best player to a freak accident. Um, you kind of all shook up all year. They're still probably a tournament team if they just maintain their level of play in the SEC. But we'll see. That could be a decent game. That's another one that tips it too. I'm mad that Auburn and Baylor are playing to playing each other. I kind of wish that Tennessee would have got Baylor or something like that. Um, yeah. But Sharif Cooper has been. Jesus, man. I don't know if you've been watching him at all, but he has been so fun to watch. Uh, I covered him last year at the EYBL. He, him and BJ Boston played together. He's so fun. Explosive guard. I think Baylor will dominate them, but I, um, I think they're the best team in the country. That, that's another game to watch just because of the star power in that game. Jared Butler, Sharif Cooper. Um, you could go on and on about that team. And then the last two games, I think the, obviously the marquee matchups, they have them at six and at eight o'clock. Kansas at Tennessee. Tennessee is a team I expected a lot more out of. Um, they've kind of been – their game – their scores have been ugly if you've been looking at them. Um, v. Pond, John Fulkerson, Jaden Springer, they have, they have the talent. It's just there. Yeah, I can't believe they lost to Florida. I was blown away they lost to Florida. And they lost to Missouri at home. Yeah. Who Missouri's okay. They're playing TCU. That's a game – kind of a throwaway game. Um, but Kansas Kansas struggling tonight against um, TCU. I think they're up eight last time I looked. But they're a team that's kind of – on the flux um they're kind of up and down this year and then obviously the nightcap which was supposed to be the best game of the weekend um t- texas that's so much yeah no shaka kentucky's five and ten um whew. listen i mean that's that's tough yeah. uh can't make a lot of jump shots um god texas has everything that's going to expose kentucky coleman's a really good guard a- andrew jones is a really good guard uh Ramey, Courtney Ramey's a good card. Greg Brown's an athletic freak. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, Kai Jones. I mean, just name it. I think 
Texas has the upper hand on everything. Um, no Shaka probably. So, you know, with that up, Cal can maybe get this. I'm not saying like, I think the ship has sailed for Kentucky to kind of make the tournament on as a at large. So they're going to have to, you know, they're going to win some games here and get some momentum. Cause I think their next three games after Texas are uh, they play Texas, they play Missouri and they play Tennessee. So Oof. if you're going to write the ship, you got to do it now. But yeah. So, I mean, what about you? What uh, I mean, I know I just kind of spent. No, no, that's what I right. wanted you to do. So, yeah. And so I'd say that the number two game, the, the top two games I really want to watch. I mean, honest to God, it's probably Alabama, Oklahoma's number one, and then Kansas, Tennessee, number two. Yeah, Oklahoma has I always forget his name, but he's like the Larry Bird clone. Like he literally looks like Larry Bird's rookie year in two thousand. Brady Manic. Brady yeah. Manic. Yes, that's his name. Thank you. And like, I, for those who don't like, literally, if you are like listening to the show, whether you're listening to us live or you're like just Google Brady Manic, and it, it literally looks like rookie year Larry Bird. Like that's exactly what he looks like. He's got the mustache and everything. Um, but he's a really skilled shooter. Uh, he's probably Oklahoma's best player. Um, and, you know, like you said, like they're a team that is making a lot of noise in the net. They're ranked. Um, they have like, they've got some really big wins, like you said, over Texas. So I think they're going to give Alabama a really good game. I think Alabama will beat them, but I, I'm really excited for that matchup. And then obviously, yeah, look, anytime you can watch Baylor, no matter who they're playing, you need to. Uh, like Taylor said, that's a team that's just stacked arguably the best team in the country. I think it's Sam Gonzaga and everyone else, even though I really like Michigan and Villanova, like I've said on the show before, but I don't know if anyone in the country is as deep and talented as those guys. So right. yeah, I want to be excited about Kentucky, Texas, but I just can't like, and like all the reasons you were listening to like, you know, I read somewhere that people were taking Brandon Boston off their, off their draft boards. Like, is this, um, I have to ask you this just because some of the research I've been doing for our G League preview coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, is Brandon Boston like the next the, the next Scalabicia as far as like top three recruit in the country and just bombed out his one year in Kentucky and ended up being drafted at the end of the first round is now playing for the Westchester Knicks in the G League? I'll tell you, I'll do one better than Scal. He's, uh, listen, I'm not – Archie Goodwin comes to mind. Yeah. But Archie, but Archie was – decent college but he was just on a bad team he's on a really bad team that lost to robert morris in the nit i'm not completely out on brandon boston yet he's gotta get some weight on him he does some yeah. good things but i mean he's he was my favorite use, prospect coming into the college this year. he's afraid to use his left hand he'll get in the lane and will not lay it up with his left hand but these he also pass up a three take one dribble at the elbow and shoot it and that's it like that is my number one least favorite shot in college basketball the one step into inside the three-point line it's like it. okay like what are we doing here analytics say no and i'm not even really that big analytical guy but overall like shoot the three like if you're gonna miss it like i'd rather you almost make a three like let's get some points here um but i don't know i i, I think i think he can still figure it out um i think a team like a guy like kelton johnson like think about him for the spurs yeah um, went in kind of developed under his own averaging 15 points a game right now i don't think he's I can I can see that happening for him. I could see him going to the right team, right fit, and figuring it out from there. Um, but we'll have to see. But it hasn't been great this year. Their best player, like Isaiah Jackson, can't not stop fouling. Davion Mintz <laughs> looks good in times, but then Calipari doesn't play him at the end of the game because he has to play as freshman. Devin Askew reclassified for what reason? I have no idea because he should be a senior in high school. Um, God, Olivier Saar is okay. Like, he was never this big, bad brute at Wake Forest. I've said this multiple times. He averaged a lot of points, but they were the bottom two team in the ACC last year with Carolina. Like, so, yeah. and we beat them twice. Like, so that's kind of what I'm thinking at. Um, yeah, I mean, they did beat Duke last year. Yeah. I'll give them that. 
you know, no, t- with, Terrence Clark hasn't played. So with Danny Manning as their coach, so yeah, he Danny Manning should have suited up more. They would have won a lot more games. But I know Terrence Clark hasn't played in a couple weeks. They should get him back. But like I said, for like I said about the SEC Big Big Twelve Challenge, Kentucky's got to get hot and get hot now because they got to basically even if they win out, I don't know if they get in. I mean, they'd have some good wins, but yeah, it's all about the conference tournament for them. They just got to get good vibes. But they cannot shoot the basketball. They go minutes and i mean minutes without scoring mm-hmm. and i don't know if it's bad offenses which i could spend an hour and a half talking about how bad college basketball is um you know just for the love of god just stop running so many sets and freelance every now and then you'll get more points but we'll see um i i maybe we'll go we'll do these the top four games we'll do alabama oklahoma um florida west virginia auburn baylor we'll do five kansas tennessee Texas, Kentucky. Who you like in those games? We'll start with the top with you. Alabama or Oklahoma? It's at Oklahoma. I'm taking Bama, though. I think playing at Oklahoma will give them some fits. Yeah, I'm going to take Oklahoma. I think uh, I think they're rolling. I think that win at Texas this week is a big one for them. They I know Xavier fans are taking Oklahoma. Yeah, right. I'm with you there. Uh, yeah. Florida, West Virginia. That West Virginia. I'm taking the Nears. They're one of my yeah. favorite teams in the country. Yep. Miles McBride is awesome. Monday he night, is. He looks super awesome. So Auburn, yeah. Baylor. Baylor, duh, Baylor, it's not lot. close. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think I bet. I think the other night it was Auburn or Baylor minus twenty four and a half, and I bet it. I turned on the game ten minutes late. It was forty two to seven, and I was like, "Great, I don't have to watch a single second of this game." Turned <laughs> no. it off, and that's all. They won by like thirty five. So, um, all right, the last two: Kansas at Tennessee. Ooh, I'm taking Tennessee. I'm gonna go Kansas. I think okay. I don't know. I just I can't see Bill Self losing this many games. And I'll say this about Bill Self: he is my favorite coach, one of my favorite coaches in the country, um, behind Chris Beard, who's actually like my favorite coach other than Roy. Um, and who's like a really good coach? I, yes, I want Bill Self is the best p- coach in America that designs baseline out of bounds plays. Mm-hmm. But every if you, they need a bucket, they'll call a timeout. They will get it after that timeout. I'm He's like Brad Stevens esque of of ATOs, like yeah, dude. It's like I whatever he talks about in there, he's he's the man. So yeah, yeah. peace and all. I'm a big Bill Self guy. So and lastly, do the Cats win against the Longhorns? Hell no. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, I'm with you. I, I I think it'll be a closer game than people expect. I'd be curious to see what the line is. Um, if it's upwards of six or seven with Kentucky or you know Texas favorite, I might take the Cats, but. We'll see. Hi, it's a big one. They might be fired up, but phew, they can't go without scoring against Texas because it'll be a right. long, long night. So, yeah. Hey, I'm going to point something out to you real quick before we go to our next segment. Um, I yep. just want to let you know, I know they're down by one right now, um, but the Memphis Tigers are on a three-game win streak. And listen to this. Their last three games, so they've won four of their last five in the last three games. This is how many points they've scored in those games. 72 against Wichita State, 80 against East Carolina, and 76 against SMU. So figuring it out a little bit. Oh man, Penny's teaching offense. There's a this here's the other funny thing about them. So Ken Palm's adjusted efficiency, they're fifth in the country in defense. They're 140th in the country offense. Yeah. Oh, he just that was sick. And a guy, you just threw it off the guy's back and laid it in uh, baseline out of bounds play. They just, they're down by two with two minutes left. Yeah, I don't understand them. I mean, they I don't either. They, they're good. But they're their like whole, their whole roster is Team Penny from 2017. It's actually very funny. Yeah. Um, I mean, last year they had Precious, they had Wiseman, they had Boogie, they had Lester, and they were fringe bubble team. I don't think they were going to make the tournament. Obviously, Wiseman didn't play; like he left yeah. the Oregon game. But and with Wiseman, they're probably a top four or five seed. 
Yeah. I do yeah. like DeAndre Williams a lot. Like getting him from Evansville was so big for them. Landers and the fact he was eligible. Good. Yeah. 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 Like, so big for them. So I just want to touch on that real quick. Yes, sir. All right. So I'm pull up my board real quick. Finally, we're getting to the point where it's um, always NBA draft season here at 48 minutes. So actually, before we get to that, I do kind of want to touch base real quick. Um, as I mentioned in the show right now, I'm working very deeply for February 10th to release our G League preview for everyone who's trying to catch on because I know it's going to be really popular this year, especially with the Ignite program. Um, those guys will actually be kicking off the G League bubble. They'll be playing Tuesday, February 10th at 11.30 a.m. on ESPN2. So you will be able to see Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, Deshaun Nix. Um, you know, there's a ton of talented guys that are going to be on that group, on that team. Um, obviously, the idea of this is because they don't, the NBA was really tired of losing talented guys to go overseas instead of playing in college. So, um, and it seems like there's a lot of hype for this. And look, I get it. I, I'm excited to see how these guys look. But I think when you take a step back, you have to remember that uh, these are kids who are supposed to be the freshmen in college playing against a bunch of professionals. So I right. don't know if I'd expect these guys to be very good, but will it be fun to watch these guys grow, especially like Kuminga and Jalen Green, who I have in my top five of my draft right now. Yes, I'm looking forward to seeing what they do there. Yeah, I'm with you. There's a bunch. Station Nick should have been at UCLA this year. Yeah. Jalen Green, who knows where he are gone. Kuminga probably would have gone to Texas Tech or Auburn. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, like at the end of the day, these they are high school kids, but they're, they're going to show you there's going to be spurts in those games where you're like, damn, like this kid has no business playing in college, just like an Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Cade Cunningham. Like those guys could make an impact today on an NBA roster. So I agree. Yeah. And like even like if you go a little bit lower, like Scotty Barnes, Jalen Johnson, Jaden Springer, like all those guys are really good. So yeah. like, you know, what we had last year with this draft class that everyone was having a lot of trouble with. Um, the trouble this year is not why you're taking Anthony Edwards over James Wiseman as the top prospect. It's figuring out like who you actually want as the first prospect because there's so many good guys. So um, to kind of go off, this is what Tankathon has their top 10 right now. Uh, Kate Cunningham at one, Evan Mobley, Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Johnson, Jaden Springer, Corey Kispert, Moses Moody, and then James Book Knight, Dayron Sharp, Franz Wagner, Zaire Williams, Jared Butler, Keon Johnson, Greg Brown, Sharif Cooper, BJ Boston, and Yusman Garcia from Real Madrid are your top 20 right now on their on their board. Um, so mine's pretty comparable. Um, I know a lot of people are really high on Jalen Suggs, as you should be. He's terrific. He's probably the best combo guard in this draft. I have a hard time putting him over Cade Cunningham at the moment. I feel like if you switch roles, Cade Cunningham would be just as good against Gonzaga as Jalen Suggs is right now. Um, and, you know, I, we obviously don't know if Oklahoma State's going to be able to play in the tournament, but there's so many things that Cade Cunningham brings to a team. You've seen him in person at EYBL. Um, you know, first off, he's a really good defender. He rebounds really well for being a guard. Um, so it's really hard for me to put someone over him as my number one. Yeah, it's, it's clear cut for me. I'm with you. Jalen Suggs is really good, and he's been very impressive. But yeah. when he's not the main focus of the offense, which he probably is, or the defense, um, you got a whole different problem. Cade Cunningham is one of the best prospects I've seen in person my entire life uh been going to the uibl for god since i was like 18 19 saw jason tatum versus malik monk down in kentucky down lexton at uh what was that called got kba um jason tatum's the best prospect i've ever seen he was just bullying people back then just like he did at duke but Cade six seven does it all i mean 19 points a game six rebounds four assists 
get him in the NBA where there's better shooters, spacing's better. He's gonna have more assist. He can do it all. He's he's a little too passive for my liking in some sense, but I mean he's try, just trying to let the game come to him. He's not gonna force it. He looks very poised out there. Um, I think it's a clear cut number one. I'm with you. I you know Evan Mobley's really good out for USC. He had a good game today against Oregon State. But I feel like he's like the next. You know, I feel like his ceiling is like what Joel Embiid, like he can stretch the floor. He's seven foot. He can rebound really well. He's not afraid of anybody. Yeah. I like, think, I think he's a guy like DeAndre Ayton where he's going to come in and, you know, get that label as a bust or not do as well first. But once he figures it out, he's skilled enough where he can move with the ball in his hands, move without the ball, get in good position. Um, I think he's really good. Jalen Suggs. We talked about ad nauseum too. a very yeah. good guard. You can't go wrong with either one of those two. Um, Kaminga is a monster. He is a, so good. He's a load, man. He's a kid that has no business playing in college right now. Um, Jalen Green. I'm not trying to spend too much time on these guys. Jalen Green's yeah. another athletic guard. If you need, if you have five, ten minutes to kill, watch a highlight of his mixtape. Obviously, don't put too much stock in these mixtapes because it is the good with the bad. But Jalen Green is vicious. Finishes at the rim with contact. Um, a guy I like a lot at six, Scotty Barnes. Love him. Florida State. Uh, kind of does it all. He's a forward that brings the ball to the court. That's a loaded team with MJ Walker, Balsa Kovrichvich, um, Raekwon Gray. Like, they're a very good team that he is – he stands out as the main focus of the defense. Um, Jalen Johnson, this is not even no personal Carolina Duke bias. Uh, he's okay. He's got to improve his outside shooting for me. And then, don't get me wrong, all these guys on here have stuff to improve on, but they're going to go to the best league in the world where they can. Um, Jalen's really good. He's been pretty good for Duke in the last couple of games, a big game. Um, Louisville, he fouled out, which I think they probably win that game if he's still in it. But overall, I'm kind of I'm, – I'm, I'm down on him, but not too bad. So what about those guys from Suggs down to Johnson? What about – what do you think of those guys? So I've been very happy with the success the Chicago Bulls have had this year. They've certainly looked like a better team. Um, Zach Levine has looked like an all-star. Kobe White has had, stre- uh, had stretches where he has been awesome. But I want them to struggle a little more. I want them to get a chance to get one of these guys. Like, if you put Jaden Springer with the Chicago Bulls, like, I'm ecstatic. Um, I yep. think that's huge. If they get Jaden Springer to be a guy who can not only play combo guard, but get the ball to Levine, Kobe White, like, I'm set. I'm happy. Um, there's also a lot of talks about them potentially tra- getting in the Lonzo Ball stuff. So maybe that diminishes that a little bit for me. But at this moment, I want them to kind of be better, keep competing, keep winning. But if they're in that, late lottery situation where like maybe they don't make the play in but they can go get like you know even if it's like they're in the lottery and they get jared butler like that's a good point guard for them so i would uh, take butler over Jaden springer i like springer a lot i mean he had injury problems at img he played with that super loaded team of springer green robinson earl um armando baycott from carolina uh they were a super loaded team um but He's in a very slow offense now at Tennessee, which kind of hurts him. So I think for the most part, let me see if the three goes in for Memphis. Did not, and they fouled him. Wow. Um, anyway, yeah, Jaden Springer has been really, really good this year for Tennessee. He plays in a slower offense, um, based on average in 17 and five for them. As you kind of move down the list, Corey Kispert, a guy that is, if he gets on the right team in the NBA, man, he's going to fill it up. He I saw like, out. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, he can just shoot at will. Um, I mean, he's been the best player on the floor for Gonzaga all year. Moses Moody's a guy that's underrated at Arkansas. Yeah, I like he's him a lot. Score. Um, he's shifty, kind of two guard, six six. James Book Knight. I mean, you could spend two hours talking about him. Yeah, don't get me yeah. started. <laughs> him, him going to New York would be just awesome. unreal. So yeah. fun. And then uh, a guy, 
good good that uh kispert so yeah i really like kispert a lot but i actually kind of want to touch a little bit on uh one of the like uh, one of the big things i keep seeing on mock drafts is the lakers at the end of the first getting ayo dasun move from illinois and i'm like please that's yes. like please no. please do it that's like a perfect second ball handler when you want to give lebron a few minutes like he can back up dennis yeah. schroeder like that's a really good get for them so like that feel like that's like the best match i've seen on mock drafts so far yeah, and yeah, I'm not trying to spend too much time going through all these guys, but right, uh, Knight's been awesome. I think him going to New York or it'd be Dallas, but God, even Dallas would be a perfect fit for him. A um, couple other guys, really, Jared Butler, you know, National Player of the Year campaign he's on. He probably won't win it, but yeah. he's damn good, and he's a guy that probably slipping because of his age. He's two years older than most players in the draft, but uh, listen, if you're – or they have him going to – or he, they have him going to the Knicks at 15, like, all Love day. That. Sign me up with that. Him and her uh, Thibs would be fun. Greg Brown at 17 to the Cavs. I don't love that for them, but yeah, they, need to get, they need to get better at wing. Sharif but Cooper Isaac Okoro is way better than I thought he'd be in the NBA. Right. Sharif Cooper's a guy that could be really good. Um, 6-1 guard, but he's shifty enough where he can score all over the place. BJ Boston going to the Grizzlies. Okay. Like 19. You're kind of happy with that. Oh, that's a great um, fit. Yeah, uh, the guys I, a guy I like later is at 25 going to the Nuggets. Cameron Thompson from LSU. Kid oh, yeah. is a bucket. Like, he can get it at will, and he's a guy that he's really fun to watch when he has it kind of rolling. Um, Josh Christopher at 28 going to the Clippers. He's a guy at Arizona State who they're struggling bad this year. They're mm-hmm. terrible. And he's a guy that's kind of – he's one he of those – He plays AAU, the old uh, Adidas Kobe's. Yeah, he's one of those AAU phenoms that's kind of got it rolling. Um probably the only positive thing for them and then kind of the other person i want to talk about terrence shannon's really good from texas tech kai jones from texas um and then zaire williams going to the suns at 14 would be fun he's a really fun prospect to watch at uh stanford this year he's been really good for them so yeah so let's go ahead and do what we normally what we did last year let's just kind of go through each position real quick we'll name our top five at each position um our disclaimer will be the same one we had last year so if you want us to talk about Josh Gidley, um, we don't know anything about him. So yeah. we don't watch a lot of FIBA ball. It's not that we dislike FIBA ball. It's just not on our, th- you know, once we get closer to draft time, we'll watch a little bit more of it. But this is our top college G League board. So point guard, I'm going to go Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs. I understand your point for Jared Butler, um, but I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep Springer at three, go Butler at four. Just because of the fake effect of draft age is going to be a big factor, like you mentioned. Yeah, right. And, and I get it from a standpoint of the franchise, but yeah. And then I'm going to go with uh, Sharif Cooper at five as far as my point guards. Yeah, for me, Kate Cunningham one, Jalen Suggs two, Sharif Cooper three, Jared Butler four, Jaden Springer five. Okay. So yeah, I think Cooper, if you watch five minutes of an Auburn game, the kid is the best on ball defender they have. He, he can rebound for a six one guard. He makes some nice passes. Uh, he can score at will, too, um, I just think. And it could be just a fit. Tennessee's atrocious to watch. So, could be that as well. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, shooting guard. One, Jalen Green. Pretty easy for me. Yeah. Uh, Moses Moody, James Book Knight. I'm going to go Terrence Shannon Jr. from Texas Tech. I'm going to go Keon Johnson, and I'm going to go Cameron Thomas from LSU. Okay, I'm going to go, yeah, Jalen Green, number one. Him going to New Orleans would be sick. Uh, James Book Knight two, Moses Moody three. We're thinking long term, right? Yeah. Cameron Thomas four, Brandon Boston five. Okay. I don't have Boston there yet, but I definitely am at the point where I could see him jumping in there. 
all right, the three, whatever that means anymore. Like the Celtics don't even qualify people by shooting guard, small forward. It's go, it's ball handler, big and wing is how they like do their stuff now, which is how it's positionless basketball, right? Yeah. I mean. So I'm gonna go Kuminga, Jalen Johnson, Corey Kispert, Zaire Williams, Franz Wagner. All right, same for me. Kaminga, Scotty Barnes, a three or four? I have him as a four. Okay, then all right, then we'll go Kaminga, Kispert, Zaire Williams, Jalen Johnson. Uh, yeah, Franz, uh, Franz Wagner from Michigan. Yeah. So my power forward's a little wonky. Um, I'm higher on one guy that I'm going to have in here more than most. Um, so I want Scotty Barnes one, obviously, because he's terrific. Um, Greg Brown, Kai Jones. And then I went Matthew Hurt. I know he's your favorite player. And then at five, there was like, you know, there's a ton of guys I can have here. I went Trace Jackson Davis from Indiana. I think that like. God, if that, he played 10 years ago, he'd be a lottery like, pick. Yeah. There's yeah. like, someone's going to get him in the early second round. And they might have to put him on their G League roster for a year or two, but they're going to be very happy they did. Like, I could see him just really having, like, curving, carving out a really good NBA career. Yep. All right, for me, at the four, we're going to go Scotty Barnes, uh, Kai Jones, Greg Brown. Yeah, then we'll go – who are we going to do the four and the five? Matt Hurt. Matt Hurt's okay. Isaiah Jackson from Kentucky. This is not a good big man draft. There's like guys that are awesome, but the rest of the draft yeah. is Isaiah Jackson and then sure. Yeah, sure. Oscar da Silva from Stanford. He's a senior. He's 22. But yeah, let's roll with that. Take it. And then center, I'm gonna go Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley. Dayron Sharp, Charles Basie. I'm kidding. Uh, Mobley, Dayron Sharp. I'm going to go Charles Basie, Luca Garza. And I guess, depending, you know, where you put him, would you put uh, Nehemiah Kita from Utah State as a center? Yes, sure. That works. Yeah. And then for me, the last ones, let's go. Yeah, it's, it's Jim, or Evan Mobley. Dagon Sharp, shout out North Carolina. Um, God. Uh, Charles Bassey, 100%. Luca Garza, sure. Um, and He's going to be the next from, Christian later, man. He's going to be the Jay, next later. Everyone will hate him. Yeah, Jay Huff from uh, Virginia. He's 7-1. He can shoot the basketball, so somebody will find a fit for him. Yeah, that's uh, that's a guy our team's looking for, so – Awesome, man. I think that kind of touched on everything real quick. Uh, this was a pretty fast episode, which we wanted to get out there. So, everyone, thank you all so much for tuning in to this week's at-large bid. Whether you're turning on the live feed or you're listening to the pod later, thank you so much. Um, also, if you have a moment and you're really liking what we're doing, really appreciate whether you subscribe to the YouTube channel or give us a nice five-star review on your podcast provider of choice and subscribe. It will mean a lot to us as we continue to grow our product. So, thank you all so much. We greatly appreciate your time and have a great night. Enjoy the games this weekend. Yes, sir.